children's exercise report card is in and we're failing miserably in some subjects. Aotearoa scores a C plus for overall physical a- activity for rangatahi aged 5 to 17. In the study that uh, ranks 57 countries and we're a depressing D when it comes to active transportation with on average just over 30% of children using the likes of scooters, bikes or their own two legs to get to and from school. So is the school car run making our kids unhealthy? Well, joining us now is one of the survey's New Zealand researchers, Professor Melody Smith from the University of Auckland School of Nursing. Kia ora, Melody. Kia ora. Hey, are we doing our kids a disservice by ferrying them to and from school? Absolutely. I think there's always going to be times where that might be necessary and important and some people, um, you know, for them their their car is their only way of being able to get to and from school. But generally speaking, kids benefit significantly from the physical activity, from interactions with each other, being out and about and seeing uh, their neighbourhood and interacting with nature and so on. So they also arrive at school much better prepared for learning as well. So what's the barrier here? Are we just plain lazy or is it something else? There are a number of barriers. The greatest challenge for parents, schools and kids alike is safety from traffic. So, of course, there's infrastructural issues in terms of getting from A to B safely. We also have a, a, whole, a whole range of driver behaviour issues in terms of speeding, uh, not stopping at pedestrian crossings, red light running. Um, and I don't know about you, but I see these behaviours pretty much on a daily basis in my neighbourhood. So there's there's definitely a significant um, amount of infrastructure that we need to be able to get kids to school safely, but also we need to look at how we behave in our own communities and think about the kids who are just trying to get to school actively. So as adults, we need to do better so that the kids can be better. Absolutely. I mean, I think our, our generations, or those of us I'm saying our, those generations who have grown up to sort of 70s and 80s, we've had our turn. We've been able to roam our neighbourhoods independently and we've all sort of grew up on our bikes and, you know, talked to anybody from that era, era and we've all got a story to tell about um, the joy of that. And and today's kids are really just missing out and it's predominantly because of us adults and the decisions that we're making and the behaviours uh, that we are... Um, that we are doing in it, particularly in a car-based uh, society. So can you clarify for us, because it's been a subject of much debate in the office today, <laughs> how much exercise is the sweet spot for our young people and what counts? Evie wants to know if gardening and mowing sure. the lawns counts. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a quick answer to that one. I mean, any activity that makes you huff and puff is what we call moderate to vigorous physical activity. And most of the research evidence tells us that for kids accumulating 60 minutes per day of that moderate to vigorous physical activity is beneficial to them. And that's every day. So That, that sounds like a lot, lot, Melody. Yeah, I know. But when you think about a day, you know, and you break it up and you get to school actively if you can, and then you have a little bit of a, a, a play around at lunchtime and if you get some PE on that day, it all adds up. You don't have to do 60 minutes all in one go. So it's not like us adults where we have more purposeful style activity. Kids accumulate that intensity of activity quite easily as long as they have the opportunities to. What I didn't understand about the study, and maybe you can clarify it, is that it said nearly two-thirds of rangatahi participate in organised sport, right? But only about half of kids um, are getting enough exercise. What's the disconnect there? Are they not doing sport enough and at an intensity um, high enough to kind of meet that marker? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a measurement issue. So there's two different questions that we used for those two different indicators. And one was around the accumulation of the 60 minutes. So that's our overall physical activity indicator. Um, you know, and that measure has issues in terms of uh, being 
uh, recall issues in terms of you know people remembering actually how much activity they've done and and recalling those little bouts of activity that all add up. And um, and it gets even harder when we get parents to report on their kids' physical activity because they're not necessarily with them. Whereas for the organised sport and physical activity, that's much easier to recall and, and parents generally have a better idea of that as well. So they know if their kid is going to a football club, for example. So that's much more easy for people to report with accuracy. Uh, it's not to say that uh, the grade isn't accurate for the overall physical activity and for the other countries that have uh, generated their grades, they've also predominantly used self-reported data. So I guess what I'm saying is where we sit is probably quite correct and there's probably some some up and down levels with the actual exact uh, precise number for that overall physical activity. You, you um, gauge a couple of other factors, the amount of time they s- spend sleeping and also screen time. No mm. more than two hours of recreational screen time a day is um, the appropriate measure. Mm. Uh, are, are we, I mean, how wide of the mark are we with that? Because two hours rec time on a screen, you know, kids use screens a lot. Yes, and I think the, the in the early days, you know, we were all sort of anti-screens and it was all, I think because it's taken a while for us to get our heads around screens and screen time. And I think the key that we're not measuring in this survey is quality of screen time. So I think that's probably an important thing to remember. Um, we saw, in, for example, in lockdowns, a, a lockdown, sorry, a huge increase in screen time, but that also supported social relationships and connections with Sano. And, you know, so th- there are benefits to screen time in some instances, it's just how we use it. In terms of actual numbers, um, unfortunately, our, our adolescents um, fared worse. Only 11.9% of them actually met that screen time recognition. And then it went increasingly up as we got younger and younger, up to 61% uh, for the younger kids aged around 5 to 10 years. So some clear room for improvement. Thank you so much for your time. That is Professor Melody Smith, who's from the University of Auckland School of Nursing.